You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, good to be with you on this fine day, as it is each and every day from 3 to 5, where we come together, we talk about the issues of the day from a Christian perspective. I've got a special guest with us this uh, segment right now. I can't wait for you to get to know, if you don't know him already, Bishop Ron Hall. He is the founder and pastor of the Love and Unity Christian Fellowship in Compton, California. He founded that church in 1981. Before that, he served in Vietnam in the United States Navy, served as the first African-American chaplain at the Union Rescue Mission in L.A., and also served as a chaplain at the L.A. County Probation Department. He's also a panelist at the upcoming KKLA Impact Pastors Conference coming up at, on September 21st. And uh, pastors and church staff, I encourage you to go to that. You can go to kkla.com and click the Impact Pastor banner for that. Bishop uh, Ron Ron Hill, welcome to yeah. the Pastor Scott Show. Did I say Hall before? You did. Oh, That's I did. I'm sorry. It's Pastor me. Ron Hill. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Well, it's great to have you with us uh, today, Bishop, and uh, you've been at the Love and Unity Christian Fellowship uh, since 1981. Is that when you founded it? That's when it founded with five people, and and I, I jokingly say five people, no money, and no pulpit. <laughs> five people, no money, and no pulpit, but you did have the uh, Spirit of God with you and the leading to do that. Yes, that's yeah. right. That is a great story, and uh, how has God grown your church ever since then? Well, uh, before the pandemic, of course, we was up to over 3,000 people. Yeah. Uh, and attendance was anywhere from fifteen to 1,600 people. Uh, but, of course, that reduced, and uh, we're on the increase now uh, that people are beginning to come back, and, and the church is alive, and we are enjoying uh, worshiping God. Well, I'm glad to hear it's coming back. Maybe we'll talk about that. That's going to be one of the subjects, you know. The church has uh, changed and were impacted a lot because of the COVID uh, about 30% on average, you know, church is uh, not doing too well. Let's talk about yourself. Uh, you're married. You got kids, grandkids? Married, five children, and eight grandchildren, eight? and one great-granddaughter. One great-granddaughter. Well, congratulations. That is amazing. I bet you are a great-grandpa uh, and great-great-grandpa. Great. Yeah. I, I, would like, I would like to think I'm a better grandpa than I was a, a dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you yeah. know, it says a lot that you get to be both, I think. So, uh, yeah. I'm glad that you do. You know, I was looking at your your bio on uh, your church's website at loveandunity.org, and, uh, you know, it says something I thought really interesting. It says you accepted Jesus when you were eight years old, but you didn't really experience spiritual growth, and it wasn't until, uh, I think it said 1971, where you rededicated your life to the Lord. I thought that's interesting because I think that is an experience that a lot of people have who accepted Christ as a kid or grew up in the church, you know. Uh, let's talk about that. I think that's a big thing for people listening. Yeah, it is. I, in, in my case, I, I was raised in East Texas in a small town called uh, Pittsburgh, Texas. Uh, unfortunately, my, my dad was involved with the world. Uh, he was a gambler, a bootlegger, and owned a hunting tuck. And my mom was in the choir and made sure that we went to Sunday school, church, and the whole bit. Mm. And so I was, I loved God as a child. I remember they bought me a little Bible, and uh, I accepted Christ at eight years old. And then tragedy struck my family. Uh, my sister became ill, and in short order, she passed. And mm. uh, six months after my sister passed, 
my my mom passed, and then nine months after my mom passed, my grandmother passed, and uh, my dad kind of kicked me to the curb, and and I was angry about that. I I, I became very disturbed with God. I I reasoned at 11 years old that my dad should have been the one to pass and not my mom. And so I got into bitterness, got into the world and the the, the fast life and what have you. And had I not been an athlete, I doubt very seriously whether I would have graduated from high school, got in high school, went to Vietnam and and uh, needed, needed to say I learned a lot of bad habits uh, while involved with all of those men from across uh, the country. But after getting out of the military, uh, people began to give me gospel tracts and Initially, I would ball them up and throw them in the trash because I'd come in contact with these guys in the military who were saying Jesus was a white man's God and we shouldn't serve him and yada, yada, yada. So I kind of picked up some of that notion and I throw tracks in the, in the trash can. So one day I, I found a red one and it enraged me. So I, I went to my aunt's house. I said, I'm going to go get a bar of Bible. And for six months, I want to read it and do everything the Bible said do because I'm going to prove that God isn't real. <laughs> and needless to say, before the end of six months, I was quite born again, and, and God had, had just changed my life. You know, that is something, when, as soon as you said, I went and got a Bible and I was going to prove, I knew that's when you're going to, to uh, commit your <laughs> life to Christ, right? Because the Word of God speaks to us. It's for real. Yes, sir, it is. It, it really is. And uh God saved me and filled with the Spirit of Christ, and uh, I, I just just went off into soul winning. I, I just went just headlong into every uh, free time I had. I would be out passing our tracks and talking to people about Jesus because that's what had been done to me, and mm. and I wanted to share that with other people. And I led my wife to the Lord, and long story short, she accepted Christ, and we got married. And the next thing you know, God was telling me to leave a full time job to go into full-time soul winning. Hmm. And, and needless to say, it was quite challenging. My wife was pregnant, but uh, I heard the voice of God and I obeyed and it worked out uh, in my life in a wonderful way. I think that is an important story. You know, a lot of us who grew up in the church, you know, I think, you know, one of the things that we, you mentioned the, the COVID and, and a lot of people left the churches. Some of those people have left and they're not coming back, at least not anytime soon. And I think that, in a way, they maybe became saved at, you know, or accepted Christ as a kid and something, but they never grew. They never read their Bible. They never understood what the purpose is of having a Savior, of why to need that. I think we have our work cut out for us, not just with a society that is struggling, but even some people who grew up in the church who um, didn't understand the gospel. Yeah, you, you're right, right. I, I was in Texas last weekend speaking at a conference, and um God blessed me last week to pray with 19 people outside the four walls of the church to receive Christ. Now, to get this, in Texas, uh, you talk to people about Christ, and they all say they know him. That's right. And then, right. then you ask the question, where is Jesus? And they would take their finger and point in heaven. Hmm. And I said, I thought that was what you would say. I would take the time to share with them the plan of salvation and explain to them how important it would be for them to uh, open their heart and ask Christ to come into their lives. And their faces would light up. Uh, as a matter of fact, a young couple wanted to take a picture with me. They were so excited about receiving Christ. And I think oftentimes when people are brought up in the church, uh, they aren't challenged many times to, to actually repent and believe the gospel and open their heart and receive Christ as Savior. So 
Consequently, I think in the American church, we have a lot of people who are just religious in nature, but who have never had a genuine encounter with Christ. Yeah, I think that is absolutely right. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Bishop Ron Hill. He is the founder and pastor of Love and Unity Christian Fellowship in Compton, California. Pastor, in uh, all your years of ministry, what is on your heart? What's the biggest thing that God has placed on your heart? Well, back to that piece about, about souls coming first. I think uh, oftentimes people don't accept the fact that the most important thing to God would be the fact that God loves sinners mm. and that it is his grandest desire for everybody to be saved. Yes. And that, and that every everybody in the church who's born again, according to 2 Corinthians 5, has been given the ministry of reconciliation. And, and I think oftentimes people come to the church uh, expecting to receive something from God. In fact, for many pulpits, they're promised that God's going to give them this and he's going to solve their problem, etc. But But I don't think it's clearly defined to them that they are coming to church to A, worship God, but at the same time, learn how to walk with him and uh, of equal importance to go out into the world to represent God by promoting the gospel and challenging people to accept Christ and to seek to bring him into the local church. So I think that's what I, that's a great missing element in our church today. Yeah, it is. You mentioned uh, how important it is to get outside the four walls. Is that, uh, and I would agree that that is, I think, one of our big problems, right? As we, we do church inside of the four walls in an address somewhere, but we don't seem to understand often, a lot of us understand, but we don't embrace the fact that we are the church together everywhere we go. You are absolutely right. And and I think, again, you, you I'm sure you familiar with the scripture where Jesus said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And of course, after he had convinced uh, the original apostles that he had been raised from the dead and had rebuked them, then uh, immediately he tells them to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to uh, to every creature. Again, I think we ministers, uh, I think we've been remiss in challenging people to know now that you are born again, hmm. it is God, God has given you uh, this awesome responsibility of taking this message to your family, your friends, your co-worker, and whomever which will listen to you share the gospel. And, and America has failed to do that, and I think and, and largely agree that is the reason why we have such a decline in, in, in the morality state of America, because the church has failed to be the salt and the light that we've been chosen to be. When you think of your time in ministry and considering those things, how has it changed? How has, uh, you know, you've noticed, you just said how the, the church hasn't been the salt and light the way it has, and it certainly has had a cultural impact. You know, where are some places where we're feeling that the most today? Yeah, I, I think that four or five decades ago, uh, you could just about expect everybody to know something about Jesus uh, that heard about him in one way or another. Uh, I remember uh, when I was a chaplain for the uh, juvenile hall system, one Christmas I go into a cell block and I, I talked to a young man about Christmas and, and Christ, and he said, who is that? And initially, I thought he was pulling my leg, and, yeah. and, and for sure he had never heard about Christ because he was in a family. His mom didn't go to church. His grandparents didn't go. 
So he had not gotten exposed to, to Christ at all. I also remember when my children were small, uh, my, my, my oldest daughter brought a paper home one day. And on this paper, it says that Johnny has two daddies and Mary has two mommies. And, and I, I didn't really catch it the way I should have, mm. that the school was indoctrinating our children against biblical principles. So for several decades, uh, the Bible has been false, Christ has been false, and so there are a large number of people in our culture who simply do not fear God, have no knowledge of the Word of God, and uh, before then, you could just about expect people to come to church when they became adults, but that's not the case anymore. We've got to go get them now. Yeah, that is true. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Bishop Ron Hill. He is going to be one of our panelists at the KKLA Impact Pastors Conference. So when you speak to Christians, and a lot of people are listening right now, you know, how do we encourage, how would you encourage Christians to recognize that, hey, there's the impact that we've had in the culture is not the same? you know, for sure. And we have let that go. The culture has replaced it with something else. I had a similar experience. I had someone, young lady come to our church one time. She was uh, 18, just going to college, and she had never been to any church ever in her life. And she actually said to me, she goes, what goes on in there? She, She didn't even know. And I said, well, we bring out a goat. I was just kidding with her, but, <laughs> you know, but I thought that was an astounding thing for me to hear. But she's not alone. The young man you talk to is not alone. We've got to get outside the walls. Absolutely. I, I think uh, uh, the, the the most important factor is the pastors who stand behind the pulpit. We must get on fire to promote Christ's gospel inside and outside the church. And there's got to be a paradigm shift from teaching people just to come and receive a blessing. They must come to understand that they are there to, number one, worship God, number two, learn more of God, and then go out and do their ministry instead of uh, always talking about what God's going to give you and how he's going to give you happiness and joy. We actually get our joy through obeying God and doing what's most important to God. The most important thing to God in this planet would be the souls of men and women, boys and girls. And many Christians think that they are here on this planet to be happy and to just enjoy life. That shouldn't be our motive. We should be here for the purpose of obeying God and being used of God to finish the work that Jesus began in the earth. And that's quite an undertaking because just like Jesus is 100% concerned about winning souls, satanic forces is 100% concerned about preventing people from being saved. And there is that tension there, and there's a war going on. The, the enemy does not want the gospel to go forward, but God has given us this mandate to take it forward, and there it is, it's, it's a war going on. And I think pastors and people in the church are going to get to the place where they realize that we're going to be here a short period of time. And while we're here, we're here to promote the gospel, make disciples of those who come, and to help the poor. And that is a full-time job. And and by the way, I have learned that um, uh, the most joyful people in our culture would be the people who are seeking to live a life of obedience and of people who are sharing Christ's gospel. Hmm. And I can thank you, praise God, I'm one of those persons today. <laughs> you know, that is, uh, that's fantastic and exactly right. 
you know, I we live in a, a time, I think, where there's a lot of fear. I think that Christians have fear at getting out there. Somehow we, we don't have the the trust or the 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 belief that God is with us that that He's given us a a mission that's a commission. He's with us, not just a mission on we're on our own. That He's with us. What's the best way to encourage someone to be not afraid? Well, it's amazing that you said that. I have been involved in personal evangelism since 1971, and even uh, recently, I had to give myself a kick in the pants. Hmm. To get out there because it's easy to say, well, I don't want to bother people. Nobody want to hear this. I don't want to try to cram religion down people's throat. And it's easy to just kind of bypass it and not do it. But when I begin to think about the fact that one one uh, message of the gospel to a person could be uh, the message that will prevent somebody from spending eternity in hellfire. I get motivated. Mm. I get motivated because I realize that God loves sinners and that um, the only time there's rejoicing in heaven because of an event in the earth is when a sinner repents. No other time. And and when I think about the love that God has for sinners and, and the great desire he has for them to be saved, I do it on his behalf, first and foremost. And secondly, I do it on the behalf of people. And just like Christ had to die for sins, if we follow him, he made it clear, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And then Jesus told the apostles, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Uh, oftentimes it isn't easy to do it. it it's, it's, it's a challenge. You have to put yourself out there. But Jesus put himself on the cross for me. Can I not put myself in an embarrassing uh, position for him? Mm. And that, that that just motivates me. And then you, you think about it, Brother Scott, if if you live next door to somebody and they, their kids are throwing trash on your lawn and they're noisy and whatever, but one night uh, about 2 o'clock in the morning, you look out your window and their roof is on fire. You, you're not going to just turn over and say, oh, well, it's none of my business. Uh, I hope somebody called the fire department. No. If you recognize their roof is on fire, you're going to rush down there, beat on the door, tear the door down, and wake those people up and get them out of there because of the danger that they're in. When we think about the fact that everybody on this planet someday will leave here, and they will either leave here and spend eternity in, in the presence of God, or they'll be plunged in the hellfire. And you think about the fact that the blood of Jesus has been spilled. There's enough blood, enough grace for every human being to be saved. We say, in fact, the Bible says God is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, with not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's his desire. And, 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 and God put forth a prayer request. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into his harvest. And so he's vitally concerned about that. He needs someone to do it. I love him, and I want to please him, and I love people, and I want them to be saved. And whatever it costs me, oh, well, I got to pay it. That's my perspective. You're 100% right. Absolutely. Amen to, to that. You know, I think that does encourage people. I think it's it's that simple. I think pastors, we sometimes get discouraged with the message. We And maybe that's because we think it's about us or, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, by the way, my guest 
My my guest is Bishop Ron Hill, and uh, you have a show, uh, Bishop, right here on KKLA. It's at 11 o'clock on Saturdays. What's the name of your, your program? Food for your soul. Food for your soul. I encourage everybody to listen to that, KKLA at 11. You can go to kkla.com to find that. Uh, Pastor, uh, we just have a couple of minutes left. You know, as you're saying all of these things, I know there's a lot of pastors who listen, church staff listens, and people who go to church. You're going to be one of our panelists at the KKLA Impact Pastors Conference. And I think one of the subjects is going to be how do we persevere through the ups and downs of ministry, through the various discouragements? How do we give ourselves that kick in the pants? And you just gave us a great example to remember, you know, the house is on fire next door. We should get up. You know, what would you say to uh, pastors, and why should they come to an event like this? I think they should come because something very wonderful happens when you gather with other pastors who are facing similar problems as you're facing, and to be an encouragement to each other. I often think about the fact that the original apostles, they had spent three years plus with Jesus, but yet they saw the necessity of gathering every day to pray mm. and to encourage each other. So when you give it other men of God, you will get inspired and you get motivated to to hang in there because many times pastors are long rangers. They stay off to themselves. You ask them, who is your prayer partner? Most of them don't have a prayer partner and they don't, they kind of just go through it alone. But we need to connect with each other and to pray for each other and to encourage each other. We need to do that, and you you learn so much by being with each other, because, in fact, that was the best thing that ever happened with me. I was part of a group of pastors that met regularly, right, and prayed, and I don't know where I'd be. I wouldn't be the same without that. Absolutely absolutely not. And I have a a pastor's prayer meeting every Friday morning in our local church at 730, where we get together every Friday morning. We just pray and encourage each other to do the, the work of God, and it has been a source of inspiration to me for a number of years. Yeah. Well... I'm really glad that you're going to be at the Impact Conference coming up. I think your presence there in the the panel, just you've been a blessing here on our show today for so many people. I want to thank you for being with us. Uh, thank you for allowing me to be with you, and I look forward to seeing you there. Uh, Bishop Ron Hill is the founder and pastor of Love and Unity Christian Fellowship. You can go to his church website at loveandunity.org. If you're looking for a church, it's in Compton. I encourage you to check it out. And uh, he's been there for a long time. And as you can tell, he's a man of the word, a man of the gospel, and uh, an encourager. And uh, Bishop, it's so great to have you with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. We'll have you again. I look forward to seeing you at the uh, KKLA Impact Pastors Conference. If you're listening, it's uh, on, uh, well, obviously you're listening out there, you know, it's uh, September 21st, and go to kkla.com, click on the banner for that. If you're not pastor or church staff, then do do this. Get the link and send it to your pastor or church staff. Encourage them to go. Tell them you're too busy not to go. Don't use busyness or something else as an excuse not to go, because Bishop Hill's uh, remarks there are 100% true. Uh, They need it. And pastors, if you're listening, I encourage you to go. I'm looking forward to being there with you. Go to kkla.com, click on the link, and uh, sign up. And uh, it's right, all the information you need is right there. Bishop Hill, thanks for being with us today. My pleasure. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. Bishop, that was great. I enjoy hearing uh, from your heart. And, uh, you know, I think... um, uh, we're going to have some good conversation at I'll the pastors. Who, who else is going to be on the panel? Let's see here. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. 
Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. In the last segment, we had uh, Bishop Ron Hill from Love and Unity Church in Compton, and uh, he wanted me to mention that there's an event coming up on August 5th at their church called Christmas in August. And, you know, this is a great event where they give away bicycles, they give away a lot of stuff, and it's a great community event. And uh, and you can go to loveandunity.org, and you can find it on the events page. There's kind of a scrolling banner of different things. But, you know, if you live anywhere in the area, someplace that you can come by, you know, it's a great way to connect with your community, to connect with people who don't know the Lord, something that is true that he mentioned and is a huge deal is that in our world today, in 2023 America, people don't often know anything about the Bible. They don't often know anything about church. They don't know who Jesus is. They don't know what a Christian is as compared to other religions. And there is so much to say about that because I think sometimes we assume maybe people have heard the gospel and then they've rejected it for some reason and we kind of don't think that way. But actually, a lot of people haven't. We talked about that a lot on the show yesterday. And he says that a lot of people come to Christ at that event. So, you know, events where people are coming to Christ, that is a huge deal. And especially today, people are desperate for truth, right? They're desperate for something that is going to be uh, life-changing. And we're looking everywhere else. You know, I think a big problem in our country today, tell me if you, uh, you know, agree or disagree, but is that we, I think we know we need to be penitent, right? When you think of all of the different uh, things that are dividing us, the, the different things that in our culture, in our politics, the things that we disagree about that we never even disagreed about before, uh, we we seem to be feeling like we have to be penitent about something, and we're, but we don't know what direction to kneel, we don't know what direction to go, and we're pointing in all sorts of directions instead of Christ. The church is the place where we we give the gospel. It's a free gift, and there is so much work for us to do. I've got a question for you, an honest question is, do you fear sharing your faith? You know, what would it take, you know, for you to get over the, the fear of of sharing your faith? Does it you know, what do you worry most about? Do you worry that you don't have enough information? Do you worry that you're not trained? Do you worry that maybe that person's going to reject you? Maybe you're in a situation. Uh, do you want to share that? Do you have a question? 888-528-2557 is the number. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Are you afraid to share your faith? Or what are some things that you did that got you over that fear that you could share with people? I think that's huge. I think that we are in a culture that is desperate to hear the truth. Some people want to reject the truth or they'll say there's multiple truths. But I think that we know, and I think I think we know that we're missing it. You know, when you take a poll, you know, what direction is the country headed? It's always bad. And right now it's four out of five people saying that the country is headed in the wrong direction. And that's not just under the current administration. It was a similar one in the last one. In fact, since about 1970, that has that number has been about the same. We're between 
uh, 20 and 30, only 20 and 30 percent think we're on the right path, regardless of who's in power, regardless of what policies are taking hold. Uh, there was a brief time in the 1980s, 85, 86, where that number was only was about 50 percent. About half the country thought, eh, we're headed in the right direction. Otherwise, we have for a long time as a culture seen ourselves as going in the wrong direction. And I think it's true that a big part of the problem is that the gospel is not being heard and or received. And that might be just the hardening of hearts that's going on as we have made decisions that we made you know, during the sexual revolution. Uh, we've made decisions about, I think, things that people will argue shouldn't matter, prayer in schools and issues of uh, you know, legalizing abortion and things of that nature. Um, but I think all of those things are the result of a culture that has decided not to face God and a culture that has decided to seek other truths. And I think that maybe as the church, we are in a place where we need to get past the fear of getting outside the walls, as Bishop Hill said, and sharing our faith. What are some ways that you have gotten over the fear? Or maybe you've got a fear now and you just want to talk about it. 888-528-2557. What are the things that you know would help you share your faith uh, in an easier way? 888-528-2557. You know, is it as a pastor, you know, I'm kind of forced to sometimes, you know. So for me, there have been times where, you know, it's like I'm sitting next to somebody in an airplane or I've got, you know, somebody that I meet with regularly. Maybe they don't know what I do. Eventually they're going to ask, you know, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm the pastor of a church. What do you do now? Well, I'm a radio host. And people think that's pretty cool. And then, oh, what show is it? Well, it's the Pastor Scott Show. And they go, oh, right? There's a whole different thing there. But I've always been forced to put it out there just based on normal conversation. Uh, what do you think? What's been helpful to you? 888-528-2557. Kevin in Santa Clarita, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, thanks for being out there. Great talking to you. Yeah. So what I yeah. do, I speak to people daily uh, about Christ, uh, people that I don't know especially. That's my that's my target. And the it's really very simple, and it's really very easy, and it's really better received than I would hear it is from people that I don't think are really doing it. But what I do, because that was your question, what do you do, is uh, just engage in a conversation. I use the model of the only person in the Bible who's actually, that I know of, called an evangelist. Pastor, do you know who that is, who the only guy in the Bible that's actually called an evangelist? Well, there's uh, John the Baptist, there, uh, you know, by the uh, name evangelist, John the Apostle. Yeah. No, not called an evangelist in the Bible. There is one, though. I'll give you the answer. Yeah, remind me who that Philip. is. Philip. Philip. Philip the evangelist. Because it says in the book of Acts, Paul went and stayed at the house of Philip the evangelist. Oh, I see. So okay. if you just re- so if you just rewind, he's the only one actually called the evangelist. If you just rewind and see Philip doing it, you get to that story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. That's where you actually see evangelism in action. Not in, not in a meeting, not in a, you know, group. That that happens. But that evangelist, Philip, sees the guy pulled over to the side of the road, a black guy with, in a limousine, basically, a, a eunuch in a chariot. He's just, he's just living, his, he's just on that road, and he goes up to that person, and it says he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet. And there's the first thing that I do. I listen to what the person that is there in the coffee shop, the gas station, the fish and tackle store, the restaurant, whatever it is, 
I listen to what they are interested in. You can hear their conversations. Everybody's talking about everything. They're usually talking about what they heard on Fox mm-hmm. News or CNN or, you know, CNBC. Everybody is talking about something. Using the model of Philip, which I think is the best, and it's been very successful for me, I listen and now I engage. Do he, Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? The, what I tell people is, wow, where do you think God is in this? That's, that's my line. I go like, where do you think God is in this? Or what do you think about that? Because I, I heard them talking about whatever, you know. Yeah. Right now they'd be talking about politics or whatever, and I don't take a side in the issue. I, what I say is I say, what do you think about that? Wow, you know, what do you think God thinks about that? Yeah. And now you're in it. You know, I think conversationally and relationally, that is always how it works, Uh, whether it's people you know or people in a coffee shop. Uh, I used to know a pastor, that was his deal, too, is he would go to a coffee shop and engage in those conversations. And I've done it before, right? Eventually, you... It comes up, and in that circumstance, people are a lot more willing to talk about it than you'd think, I think. Oh, oh, they are. And, yeah. you know, it's very rare That's very rare that they shoot you down because God's, God's in this too, right? So you're there at that restaurant, that coffee shop, that whatever. You're there by the guidance of God also. He's directing your footsteps. Yeah. So All right. even, if you thought, even if you thought you chose. So that's what I say. And one other thing, Pastor, every one of your listeners probably— the only thing they know they don't know is how to take the first step. Get in the conversation. And because then I know that almost every believer I know, they're really better at discussing it with people. They just don't know how to take yeah. that first step. I that's think all. that's a great point, Kevin. Thanks for calling uh, the Pastor Scott Show. I think, you know, I think people do find that they're better at it once they get in that conversation. It's getting over the fear um, of doing that. You know, Timothy is told to do the work of the evangelist by Paul, that there is a place where there's some debate about, you know, is everybody an evangelist? I don't know that everybody is an evangelist, but everybody is called to give a witness. That part is for sure, that all of us are called to be prepared to give a reason for the hope we have and to make disciples. And uh, that is something for us to do. The number is 888-528-2557. Vicki in Calabasas, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, do you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Vicki. I just want to say, yes, I'm ashamed to say this, but I am afraid to witness because 95% of the time when I do, um, I get ro- eyes rolled back in people's heads or them just saying, I'm really not interested, I don't believe in God, and then it just shuts me down and makes me feel foolish, and mm. I, I don't want to feel that way. Yeah, do you feel like you're having that response from people that you know, or is it uh, do you randomly share your faith with people sometimes? No, it's not random. I run an animal rescue, and I have a lot of volunteers, and I also have my three kids and their friends. So I'm usually talking to somebody that I know somewhat. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you uh, you share the gospel, and, and you said 95%. So does some, does 5% of the time it work out for you? Yes. I'd say 5% of the time I get somebody that's like, wow, that's really, you know, that's really interesting. Or, I, you know, yeah, I'm going to go look into that. But it's so rare. Yeah, you know, Jesus uh, told us that some people are going to reject you, and that ultimately people yeah. will hate you because of him. However, there are some people who are going to listen, and I think, you know, I'm grateful that you're faithful, even though it's hard sometimes. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think as you learn the ways that uh, seem to work better, maybe there's some ways that uh, are more effective with some people, but otherwise just be faithful and, uh, trust the Lord can use you. And maybe you're in a hard situation. You know, there's, 
uh, people who uh, will chase you right out of town in some other places, right? And then you go to the next town and suddenly everybody listens. Uh, you yes. never know. But, uh, yeah. you know, I would, I would praise God for that 5% and uh, ask okay. God to make it 10 and see yeah. what happens. All right. Thank All right, Vicki, thanks for calling That's the Pastor true. Scott Show. I got to take a break. I see your calls, uh, Lydia and Robert and Jerry and others. The number is 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show will be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Richie Greenberg walked into a San Francisco Walgreens when he saw in the frozen food section this. Chains, heavy chains that went from padlock to padlock on both sides of the doors. And this was bizarre, something I'd never seen before. This is just more icing on the cake telling us that rampant crime is is has become a, a regular part of life. So typical that in the 30 minutes we were at this Walgreens, we watched three people, including this man, steal. Did that guy pay? Did that guy pay? He didn't pay. That was a report on CNN where a reporter went into a Walgreens in San Francisco and just saw everything is just locked up. You know, if you've gone in the store, I've been in stores here in L.A. where everything's locked up. And I needed to buy a $2 nasal saline solution is what I was buying. You know, not to get too much, uh, you know, into you know, that, but two bucks. I had to wait in line for a person with a key who had to open up every cabinet for every person who wanted something. And uh, it's ridiculous. And I think that, you know, what we're seeing is a culture that has declined so badly. And I think people are asking, you know, are we just going to let this happen and uh, continue to go down this path? I really believe that the answer is ultimately long term. It's in the church. It's that wherever the church is actively involved, you know, when that happens, it begins to restrain crime. Sometimes because people get saved and they want to follow Jesus. Other times because there's a sense of morality and people just know how to behave. You know, you don't rob the the Walgreens down the street. 888-528-2557. We're talking about how do you share your faith? Are you afraid to share your faith? Is it something that is uh, you've overcome? What are your thoughts? 888-528-2557 is the number. Robert in Pomona, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, hi. Uh, how you doing, Pastor Scott? I'm good, Robert. So what good. do you think? What's the, uh, uh, how do you share your faith? Well, um, you know, I, I believe for one, it's it, it is a it is a, a, a kind of a nerve wracking to approach people that you know that when it's when it's such an uncomfortable conversation. However, um, you know, I um, we have I come from uh, Calvary Chapel Chino Hills and uh, and uh, and we have a ministry there where it's called the Call, where where you can come and it's a two week ten uh, week course, and they um, and you're trained on how to share your faith effectively mm. and. Uh, how to how to uh, answer those questions and how to open up opportunities to share with people, and uh, and after the ten week course, you, you, you're you're effectively able to share how how uh, how um, how salvation is earned by God's grace only, and because man is a sinner and can't save himself, and, yeah. and but um, God. You feel like that that class things. helps people uh, get over the fear of opening up that conversation, say with a friend or a coworker or somebody. Exactly. It, it really does. It, it just, you know, it 
breaks down the barriers. And of course, we're trusting in the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and, and through prayer. And we have prayer partners, but they even offer that, that course online, you know, for those, uh, you know, for, with Zoom calls and stuff like that on Monday nights and Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but uh, um, you know, it's, it's amazing, uh, the, you know, how it's growing. Uh, people all over the uh, the nation and either other co- even other countries are tuning in and, and taking these courses here. And, and, you know, um, so there's something those, that a church can courses. do to help. I got a lot of calls, Robert, but uh, there's something a church can do, you're saying, to help people uh, build up their skills with that. Definitely. I think, I think churches should get involved a little bit and start their own little ministries where they can e- effectively share the gospel and, uh, and, and break down those barriers of fear. You know? Yeah, thank you, Robert, for that. You know, and, and, you know, I think that is part of actually what a church is for. You know, as we were talking about earlier, is that the purpose of the church isn't just for us to come and be edified. It's for us to be edified and recharged and to worship and to hear the word so that we can go out and do what Jesus has called us to do with the people that he's put around us. Lydia in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Lydia? Hello? Go ahead, Lydia. Oh, yes. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Good. Well, there's a lot that can be said on this topic, and I know that there's not a ton of time here. Um, I think for myself, it's been a case-by-case basis with people. There's been some, and I think that all callers, previous callers, have made some excellent points. I think it can be scary at times. It can just depend. Um, We each have different gifts. Sometimes there's seasons where we where we are led by the Spirit to be more vocal and where sometimes and to you know speak out a little more in different areas. Sometimes you yeah. know where God puts us different seasons or impresses differently on us. Sometimes it's time to shut up and listen. What works but for you the best? For myself, and I say that respectfully. Yeah. Myself, I have found some people need to be reintroduced to who God really is. Mm. Um. And they need a friend. They need to know that they're not just the, someone's out just trying to save their soul. And I say that with utter love and respect. I mean, no, like, no, there's to anybody. There is a belief uh, that a lot of people who aren't believers have that your goal really is to build your own church for the purpose of your church getting bigger and more offerings or whatever, but not to save right. their soul, right? There's a mistrust that is prevalent today. Yeah, or just who they've been introduced as God, and sometimes like, you know what, dude, this just wasn't accurate, you know, with even best intentions, and we all can make mistakes because we're not perfect. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes um, just organically, you know, I've got an opportunity um, to, you know, just as I get to know someone or just hang out in a certain area, um, you know, you just and it's just kind of like, okay, getting to know people, it's, you know, you hear what the good news really is for them. Like, what would be yeah. the good news for them? Right. I think that and, matters um, a lot. Lydia, I want to go on to some other calls because I'm running out of time, yeah, but nope. I appreciate that. And what she said about organic, I think it matters. I think what you find in the New Testament is you do find the stories of Philip, uh, you know, one story there and a few, but most of the instruction that we have is to the people that are in our life, that those are the people where we're going to have the most impact when we make disciples. Jerry in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi there. How are you doing? Hi, Jerry. Well, what I'd like to talk about is that um, I was involved with Camps Crusade for Christ for many years, Mm. and um, it's all about win, build, and send there. And um, one of the things that I heard when I was in college is that a young lady came to me in one of my classes and she said to me on a Monday morning, she says, hey, have you heard of the movie, The Little Mermaid? And um, I said, no, I haven't seen it yet. And so 
she said, I saw it on Friday, and then on Saturday I took my boyfriend, and then on Sunday I took my mother and father, and then on Monday she was telling me about it. And she had become a Disney evangelist because she was mm. so excited about this movie. And I thought to myself, you know, why aren't Christians excited about Jesus? And they're just, she was sharing something with me that she was excited about yeah. and wanted to you know who the best evangelists are often? This is true in the Bible, and it's true today. It's new believers. And you have people who don't know a lot. They haven't experienced a lot, but they do know something. They know that they were blind, and now they see. They know I was lame, and now I can walk. That's pretty exciting, and that's what we get spiritually when we share a faith. Right, right. I tell people, it's just like when you're in a conversation with someone and they say, "Are you? how long have you been married? You go, oh, yeah, I've been married for X number of years. Here's a picture of my wife. And I t- start telling them about my wife and my kids. And I start sharing about them because I love them. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the Lord, is that at some point as we're talking and getting to know someone, I led a guy to Christ in the airport when I was in Rwanda, Africa. A guy just started talking to me. And as the conversation started to change, I found myself sharing Christ with him. And he prayed with me right there in the airport, and it was an amazing experience. But it was just the excitement that I had. Yeah, I think that matters a lot. Jerry, I'm almost out of time. Appreciate uh, your call and that input. And, uh, you know, I think that that is something that, you know, and maybe that's something for us to think about, is do we have the excitement for the Lord? And if we don't, we need to get that back that the reason you go to church is not just to see friends and not to just hear a good message or listen to some good music or some bad music or a bad message, you know, whatever's going on. It is to recharge and connect with God to remember that he saved you, to remember that you were lost in your sins, you were dead in your sins, and now you're alive in Christ, and that that message is available for everybody who would believe and that we have something exciting. All the news is bad. You know, we're going to talk about some news here, uh, you know, in the next segment. You know, it's just, it can be so discouraging, but we have the most encouraging news there is. It's the good news of the gospel. Jesus died for our sins. That while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. And that means you, that means everybody you know. And he's called us into mission. And let me tell you something. Here's the key to getting over the fear. The best place for your evangelism, for your sharing your faith, is with people that are in your relational world, the people that you know. God has put you there on purpose. They're ready to listen because they know you. They know your faults. They know who you are. And it's a great place to say, well, you know, I messed up, but I love Jesus. I'm going to heaven because he died for me, not because I've earned it. There's so many things that are there. I got to take a break. I won't get to your calls, Donna and Sandy. Appreciate that. You can call back on Friday, open line Friday. When we come back, uh, you know, some news about uh, presidential politics and uh, what might be going on a year from now when that race is heating up and how do we pray about that? This is the Tuesday edition of the Pastor Scott Show. Be right back.